0: Welcome to another episode of the Planet Fantasy Podcast. And we are your hosts, Damon, and somewhere on the other line, I believe, is Kyle. What's up, man? What's up? What's up? How you doing? Pretty good, man. Ready for round two of this draft. Yes. So, if y'all were listening to us before, um, we may even have a podcast episode in between the two. Um, But we're treating you with another podcast this week and this is round two of our film festival fantasy draft. And, uh, I'm excited. Are you excited, Kyle?
1: Oh, hell yeah. I'm ready to dive right back in.
0: <laughs> okay, folks. So, I mean, if in case you didn't hear the episode, you're, you're going be missing a lot. So I would definitely recommend going back to, to hear the first part and then coming back to us with this one. Uh, but we will recap which films we've drafted so far. Um, and I'll go ahead and go first. Uh, the four, the five films that I've drafted for my personal film festival, Damon's Film Journey Festival at Red Rocks, is *The Prestige*, *Monty Python and the Holy Grail*, *Inception*, *Dazed and Confused*, and *Superbad*. All and, right, all right, all right. <laughs> what uh, what movies do you have over there, Kyle? So for uh, for eclectic tastes,
1: taking place in uh, the Garden of the Gods, I've got um, so far, I've got um heat i've got star wars the original um and warrior i think those are the three i have did i have any no i
0: uh one more i also had once yes once uh i'm very excited to try to watch that movie It uh, sounded very very nice um <laughs> so those are the movies that we've drafted so far everybody um and i feel like there's no reason but to jump right into it and uh, i believe we are on kyle's next pick
1: Yes. All right. So I'm going to go ahead and dive in. Um, so I'm going back to day one, which, uh, you know, as I uh, went over last uh, last episode, um, day one is all about the cinematic joy. It's about the movies that just bring you joy. Um, I already had once in this category. So for my next pick for day one, this is going to be the film that will close out this day. Um, the, the fourth film. It, um, I think it'll just be one that will leave people with a smile on their face, really inspired depending on your mileage on what you want out of this genre. um, You know, this movie is relatively divisive. Um, I don't know a lot of people who hate it, but I just think that it's one that if you like a very specific sort of superhero movie, you're really going to be into it like I am. So I'm going with uh, the original Sam Raimi Spider-Man from 2002.
0: Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We need (laughs) Spider-Man on this list. Hell yeah. Yeah.
1: And I had my, you know, I had my choices, you know, there's been so many Spider-Man movies, uh, a lot of them great, some not so great. Um, But I think that um, I think that Spider-Man, you know, like I said, and I've mentioned this before in this podcast, I think in episode one, you know, this movie is my favorite superhero movie. One of my favorite movies of all time. Um, Spider-Man is just my, my absolute favorite superhero. Um, I'm definitely in the camp uh, side. I, I really love my campy superhero movies. Um, I was a big fan of the the Adam West Batman show growing up uh, a lot of bangs and pals. <laughs> um, and so I just really, really love Raimi's take on the character. Um, I think that this movie is just everything I look for in a superhero movie. It's got the, uh you know he he does the origin story and this was back in 2002 when we hadn't seen that done 50 million times and so even though a lot of people knew that origin story um it, he does it in such a great way and um just really brings that ramey kind of oddball charm that he has you know with movies like the evil dead it's obviously dialed down because this, this movie is pg-13 but um uh i think that toby Maguire while not very convincing as a high schooler is just so winning and charming as peter parker he really nails like that nerd quality but just a very um lovable and kind of affable kind of guy um it's it's a it's a movie that you know it's it's set in present day or you know when it came out 2002 but it has a very like it could have been set in the 50s kind of quality um just very old school uh he's got the the girl next door he's in love with mary jane watson um he's got his you know his uncle and aunt who he lives with because his parents died i mean everyone knows the spider man story i just think that this movie really nails it when it comes to the superhero Mm -hmm. genre it's first of all it's fun which I think is so essential to a superhero movie, unless you're making a movie about like daredevil or Batman, like let your movie have fun. Um, you know, these, these are larger than life characters, so don't be afraid to get a little silly and ridiculous. And this movie certainly takes advantage of that. Um, Willem Dafoe just absolutely hams it up as green goblin. So good. Um, and the movie just really, uh, you know these movies are obviously so special because they're about characters we kind of strive to be like um uh you know i always wanted to be spider-man growing up but this movie really drives home the message of uh he's a character who uh, you know could easily have turned out um as a villain he had a really rough kind of he lost his parents at a very young age and then he he's kind of responsible for the death of his uncle and so he's been through a lot. And then he's given this incredible, um, power. And, you know, we have the very iconic line delivered by uncle Ben, you know, with, with great power comes great respons- responsibility. And that's really the message of this movie. Um, obviously a timeless message, very relevant today. Um, he's given an incredible amount of power and he decides to do good with it. And he decides to protect his city with it. Um, you have an incredible, incredible confrontation between him and green goblin, where Goblin is basically telling him, you know, you and I were the same and the city, while it loves you now, it'll, it'll turn on you, uh, eventually. And, and he's trying to turn him and just Spider-Man just really just is a man of conviction in this movie and just really sticks to his guns and decides to go the, the moral and the high, the high ground, uh, the, he decides to do what is right and not what's easy as, as Albus Dumbledore would say. Um, And he, you know, you have the final fight between the two of them, which is brutal as hell, by the way, but you have the final fight when uh, Norman Osborn ends up getting killed by his own glider. Um, You know, spoilers, but this movie, I'm pretty sure everyone's seen this movie. Um, He, what are you doing with your life? (laughs) Yeah. If you haven't seen this movie, really, um, you know, he gets killed by his own glider and, he tries to tell uh before they tries to tell Peter you know it's me, it's norman it's your 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 buddy's father, I've been like a father to you, and you get this incredible one of my truly one of my all time favorite movie scenes where peter just the the Danny Elfman score the music- music's starting to swell behind him, and he says, you know, I had a father, and his name was Ben Parker, and it's just this incredible scene of a man of conviction sticking to." his roots and where he came from and choosing good over evil. You know, I talked about the classic kind of hero's journey with star Wars. And I think that spider man is certainly, it falls under that category as well. Um, but first and foremost, it's just a joy to watch. That's why I have it as day one, you know, it's and finishing out day one. I think you leave this movie just so hyped and energized and, uh, maybe for the better or the worse, you want to listen to some more Nickelback <laughs> as they're featured in the soundtrack. Um, it was a different time. Um, and you, uh, It's just a fun movie. It just really puts a smile on your face. So incredibly joyful. And uh, um, maybe, you know, if people go to this festival again, how have you not seen this movie? But if they haven't seen it, they actively seek out the other two. And I can promise they're going to love one of them. Um, but just a really, really, truly, really great trilogy. One of my favorite trilogies, and this movie, just man, is the golden standard of of superhero movies for me.
0: Amen. Thank you, brother, so much. I Spider Man is also pretty much my favorite superhero. Uh, you know, we we definitely vibe on that. Uh, I grew up on that animated series, like we've talked about before. Yeah, I was picked up in episode one. Um, and it's just that movie i remember just falling in love with it because i like to toby a lot i mean i you know looking at it now from different lens and different perspectives you know you have to go with the objective and you know it's aged a bit and he's not he is no high schooler or even college kid (laughs) right he is so charmable so affable uh he's infectious with his smile. You know, that's what I remember most about his Peter Parker was his smile. It really lit up the scenes um, a lot. And I, I, I really liked that about his Peter Parker and his Spider-Man was, was definitely fun. And I, I thought he really fell into it even more so in Spider-Man too. Yeah. But man was such a great origin movie and tell it was done so well by Raimi Raimi's great i love the guy i cannot wait to see what he does with dr strange oh yeah absolutely um i have nothing but good things to say about this movie um i i i I love it i love the the wrestling scene (laughs) with bone (laughs) sauce and and how how with uncle ben and we we get to I really liked meeting uncle Ben and getting to know him. Yeah. You know, that, that first beginning of the movie was pivotal for the origin of, of Spider-Man. And, and I really don't think, I, I don't think this trilogy works without the origin, you know, mm-hmm. uh, it, it's, it's really, and of course, Spider-Man without the origin, what do you have? You don't have, you don't have Spider-Man. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm going to stop there. I could keep talking forever and ever about <laughs> Spider-Man. I definitely thought about adding a Spider-Man movie on my list. And who knows? Maybe there will be. Uh, <laughs> but I, I want to see what your next one is, man. Uh, wh- what are you hitting me with? All right.
1: Um, so we're rolling back to, um, to day two. I'm kind of going back and forth between the days. Um, this is a very different tone from Spider-Man. With Spider-Man, we get just a lot of fun and energy, Um, this movie is, uh, so day two, this is going to open my, my films. I wish I made day, um, with a movie that, uh, is just an absolute masterpiece. I really don't like throwing that word around willy nilly for movies, but I think it fits the bill for this one. Um, probably the oldest movie on my list. It came out in 1960. Um, it's directed by Alfred Hitchcock and it's just an absolutely iconic film really set the bar for, um, thrillers and horrors um and it really just was it had a lot of first in it as well so I'm going with psycho um god this movie man i i just it's it's talk about timeless you know i talked about that with heat and psycho really fits that bill too i think that it's a film that um you know horror is not a genre i really love um I think that a lot of uh, horror movies kind of rely on really cheap scares and, and cheap kind of jump scenes. But this I think is horror at at its ap- absolute best because it examines humanity and examines very real issues. And like, it, that's kind of where the, the fear comes from, not from, from a cat jumping out of a door, but this is, you know, it's terrifying because it's real. It's about real people. Um, and you know, if you haven't seen psycho again, this is another one. I really hope you've seen the movie. Um, it's you know it's, it's an absolute masterpiece in building tension and mystery um really flips the script on what you think of a conventional protagonist um about you know maybe 20 minutes in our protagonist is killed um in, you know the ever iconic shower scene you know she's she's knifed to death by who we think is uh uh norma bates mrs bates um the film has the just one of the most iconic twists in the movie of the end revealing that it's been Norman Bates all along kind of killing people dressing up as his mother his mother has been dead for a very long time and he's kind of got this this split personality his mother kind of lives lives in his head um but just the movie building up to that excuse me um building up to that building tension um really is just unrivaled uh the music is iconic i mean especially in that like i mentioned that shower scene Um, just that the the strings just hitting and it it is a very visceral kind of reaction you have seeing that for the first time Um, and just to the to this day you know it's it's rare for a film this old to really still get under my skin and scare me but man at the end of this movie there's a scene where you know they the twist is finally revealed they the two characters spin around miss mrs bates and it's a skeleton they realize she's dead and in comes Norman dressed up as uh, as Norma. You know, he's got the, the, the dress on and the wig and he's got a knife in his hand. And the, the music, again, is just hitting. And he's got just the most, like, sinister grin on his face. Just the most demented look. And it's just, to this day, even thinking about it, just gives me the heebie-jeebies. <laughs> um, but this movie, yeah, the first time I saw it scared the absolute crap out of me. And still does when I watch it. it I think, again, it's just an absolute masterpiece. Hitchcock is probably it's tough to say, but I think Hitchcock is probably my favorite director of all time. Um, I think that he really just set the bar and uh, set the standard for how, a, just how a film should be made, but really how a suspense and horror film should be made. He really, I mean, he did he made so many more after this, like rear, rear window and vertigo, but this, and a lot before this too, but this one really is, I think his, the high point in his career. Um, and you know, I have a great relationship with this movie. I went and saw, um, I got to see it on the big screen at uh, Universal Studios. Um, just such a special experience. You know, obviously. I, I hate you. I <laughs> know. I know. I was. I was so happy. It was. You know, I went there for my my graduation trip uh, back in uh, 20, 2016. Um, yes, I'm very young. Uh, and so I, uh, you know, I I was really at that point kind of very like kind of getting into film as as an art form and really thinking man I want to make films and this is one that really cemented that passion you know seeing it on the big screen helped but really just seeing it in in all its glory and being like god how did he make this and just really wanting to dig into to writing a story like this um and I just I think it's again it's just timeless you could pop this in today and it really holds up it's still just as chilling and and horrifying as it was back in the day
0: I I love this pick. A psycho, you say masterpiece. I say of course. <laughs> it it's done so well. And when you said that it was an old movie in 1960, I was like, wait a second. Really? I had completely forgot how old this movie was. Yeah. Cuz it's so amazing. Yeah. Um uh, like it holds up the scare, the, the tension, the music of course. Um, I, I'm getting, you know, chills talking about it because, you know, that's what this movie does to you. It really makes you feel, and it really was such a twist and, and, you know, I remember seeing this as a kid and it was shocking, you know, I didn't know what was going to be happening. I didn't know the, the background, you know, of, of the fact that she was this big star and the fact that they killed her so early on was so controversial and, and something you didn't do yeah. and but even as a kid i it was still such a cha- turning point in, in the movie itself that i i just remember being like what's going to happen and then you get to this this disturbing this odd climax and, and twist that he he was the mom all along and he has he, he kind of plays he's he acts as if he is his his mom you know he still lives with his mom and it's so like mentally disturbing yeah. and i love this movie i i didn't even have it on my my short list of movies but that's just because i always forget how amazing it is until people bring it up mm. you know i love this pick man it it's one of the best horror movies ever made um it without this movie we don't get the slasher movies we don't get those really great music cues Mm. uh we don't get one of the big movies that i'm going to be drafting here shortly Uh, so i love this pick kyle uh this is this this might be my favorite pick you 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 got Ah,
1: thank you thank you all right uh let's go ahead and hear your next pick
0: all right okay let's see what i have next um we are going to roll with where you at list I'm just lovely organized. <laughs> um okay. So my next pick is going to be another movie on my list of of Sunday. My my Sunday uh lineup movies that have me uh holding my breath. And uh so far, of course, I'm opening up with Inception of uh, Walls to the Wall and then and then my, my next movie is uh It's it's not as intense, I would say, but you are still completely in. You are 100% enamored with this movie. You are ready to see what happens. You don't really know what's going to happen because this movie is amazing at subverting expectations. Um, This is one of my favorite movies, man. It, it, It does things so well. It combines comedy and horror in a way that that just is so hard to do. I'm talking about the cabin in the woods. Oh
1: wow! Okay, this is the first one I have not seen on your list.
0: Okay, I, I well, we're we're gonna tell you about this movie, man. Uh, by Joss Whedon, of course, who um has 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 his handprints on a lot of my favorite things. Yeah. I love Buffy. I grew up watching Buffy with my mom, uh, and sister love that stuff it's so witty and and pop culture relevant you know um it really it was really innovating when it when it came out and of course the avengers was just um like the fact that it succeeded was amazing and joss was a very big part of that and i thank you so much he 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 brought his very witty humor to that movie which is still carried really i i feel like throughout the rest of the MCU sure. just because uh, the Russo brothers do a very good job of kind of, I wouldn't say replicating it, but, but playing with it and adding their own flair. Yeah. Um, but with cabin in the woods, uh, we, we essentially get this, this horror movie, this horror, almost satire. Um, I don't want to spoil it for you, man, because the, the best part about this movie is what it does and what it, what it ends up being. And that's why it's on my list of movies that have me holding my breath. Um, you're, you're really introduced right away in the beginning to these, these like two really corporate looking guys, you know, uh, one of them is actually the, I, I, I did not have this in my notes of course, um, but he's the dad and stepbrothers. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, amazing actor. Um, and, and these two guys are just talking about, about you know very lackadaisical and like as if they were talking about the game that happened on on Sunday about how these deaths happened in in China, and how they they have to make sure that this next thing uh goes down properly you're you're kind of like, what are they talking about um but then you're you're brought along with this these group of college friends, you know you you got the the, the pretty girl, the jock, the best friend, the stoner and and then just to let you know man this stoner is like the is shaggy from Scooby Doo <laughs> to the TV when i i saw this in theaters i was like holy shit that's shaggy <laughs> and he, when you first see this guy in the movie he has this super huge like looking bong this like silver bong <laughs> that he's hitting and then he, He, well, after he hits it, he, he hits it down and slides it down and it turns into a freaking, uh, coffee, uh, (laughs) and he's just walking and chilling. And I'm like, that's amazing. (laughs) So so this movie starts off very sharp. Um, these characters have, you know, very nice, sharp, sharp lingo and dialogue. Uh, these aren't like stupid college kids, you know, They, 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 they're given very much uh, authenticity and and a good backbone on them, you know. And so they're going to this cabin in the woods for the for the weekend, of course. And uh, so they go to this cabin. They find this this book, of course, and shit gets crazy. Uh, they begin being hunted by this zombie family. Uh, they're like zombie hick redneck cannibals, and. So they have to try to stay alive where the two men come into this is, I will only go so far as to tell you that they are directly, they are directly and indirectly manipulating the events happening in the Mm -hmm. cabin and watching the events unfold. Um, Now, if that sounds Interesting. It, it is so interesting, Kyle. Uh, this movie completely turns the horror idea on its head. It, it makes it very meta. Uh, I mean, th- this movie is very, very meta. The whole idea is, is a lot of allegory on the horror genre and what to expect, how these tropes are so overplayed. And it really takes them and, and has fun with them while still being very scary. Um, but it's it's very smart it's it's fast Uh, uh, you you don't feel yourself waiting to see like like is anything going to happen you are always in some action or or in some suspense Um, and as you get to the end and start finding out more and more things um, it just becomes even better because of what it evolves into this movie turns into even into something else Um, And I really don't want to spoil that for you because because that it makes the movie, man. So I'm going to just stop (laughs) there. But that's why it's on my movies that that have me holding my breath, man. Oh, man, I love
1: that. That's like a perfect description to hook me because, you know, I just talked about with Psycho. Uh, with the horror genre, I don't want to say I, I I dislike it. You know, I just I'm really disenfranchised with a lot of what are considered like the iconic horror movies. I've been kind of working my way through the Friday the Thirteenth franchise, and I do lo- really love a couple of entries in that franchise. But a lot of them, you know, it's just a lot of these movies just have they fall into some very very cliche areas. Um, and it sounds like it sounds like this movie really is just like poking fun at that,
0: and I love that one hundred percent. It, it is man it it's poking fun while also really respecting it and giving you some really like great gore and and scares um but also just being very self aware yeah. man I think you'd really enjoy that movie and anyone else who hasn't seen it and is listening i I recommend this movie just as much as any of the other movies I'm going to be talking about um it came out in, I believe, 2011. It was like a one-year delay because uh, I forget who had uh, produced it, but they ran out of money. Lionsgate ended up uh, buying the distribution rights, and it got released after, uh, of course, uh, The Avengers. Oh, wow. Because, I mean, yes, Joss Whedon was on top right, of the world, right. you know? And um, am I, Right? Am I, am I lining up? <sighs> I, I believe I'm pretty positive. Yeah, that's what happened. It was like it was after Avengers because Joss Whedon was was big shit. And they're like, of course, we're going to put this movie out. And I was excited and it, it hit everything I needed from it. It was so much more than I thought it was going to be. I mean, I didn't even mention Chris Hemsworth. Is oh, in this yeah. He's movie.
1: the star, right?
0: Uh, um, he's one of the stars. Yes, he's the jock oh, character. So you get to see him flexes his, his <laughs> muscles and. Do a lot of that, like those brave scenes that you see in the movie, you know, like try to save one of his friends and and make the, the big, uh, courageous gesture. And, uh, it's really fun how all that turns out with them. Uh, little baby Chris in it. Um, but I, I just don't want to say anything else because this movie. Is amazing. That's awesome. <laughs> um, that's all. That's, that's all I got to say. I'm at the
1: top of my list of um, movies, I want to check out now.
0: <laughs> good. That did. I did my job, uh, and then so I'm just going to roll with my next movie. Then, uh, and this is another movie that will be on my Sunday list, and this will be my closer, my very last movie that you can see at my festival Sunday night. Uh, movies that have me holding my breath. This is a relatively new movie in comparison to most of the ones that we've listed, but I've seen it a lot of times uh, since i I heard about it. Um, took me a couple years to hear about it, but once I heard the premise of it, I was like, I'll give it a shot. And, and then once I watched it, I was, I was hooked by this very beautifully shot movie that has a lot of heart. And so, much gore I <laughs> am um, talking about um God and I, I meant to look this up uh is it it's train to Busan or tra- oh my Busan? God! train to Busan to Busan yes um train to Busan is my <laughs> next pick in this movie you I'm, I'm guessing by your Hell reaction yeah, you've seen it
1: dude. oh my God
0: <laughs> yes uh for anyone. Uh, doesn't know what we're talking about you will be spoiled so uh skip ahead you know, but I definitely recommend this movie uh It came out I believe in twenty sixteen it's a horror thriller uh set in South Korea and mainly on a train a uh it's like a express train that runs in south korea those those very super fast ones and uh it follows a a small group of different characters you know that are on the train but Uh, Essentially, it is a zombie movie, a zombie outbreak movie, and it is my favorite zombie movie ever. It just blows all the other ones out the water by it, it, it gets the zombies right. It gets the emotion and the heart right. And it gets the action right. I like I said, I am on the edge of my seat when I'm watching these movies on this day, and this one definitely has me super uh, excited, intense. I don't know what's going to happen, but I really want these people to survive. You know, uh, I feel like that's a really big part of zombie movies. You know, that the 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 yearning to have these people that you've bonded with to to live and to make it make it out. Uh, i get i guess that's a that's a very horror genre kind of feel that that they go for as filmmakers and, and with this movie i don't know I i truly felt for these characters uh you get connected to them you have the father and his uh daughter um who he's actually taking her to go see her uh mom uh and that's the trip that they're going on right now and he's a bit of a stuffy guy he's he's kind of I wouldn't say a douche, but he, he, he likes to keep to himself and he's, he seems a bit corporate, I, I would say, you know, a bit uptight. And, and then of course we get a, a Suk I believe. Yeah. Uh, and that's, so that's him and his daughter, mm-hmm. uh, Suan, Uh And then of course we, we get the other people such as the really terrible, terrible, uh, terrible CEO <laughs> guy who's, selfish he's the person who who makes this movie special because it gives you someone else to root against other than the zombies and and I, I love that zombie movies always or zombie shows like to always do that to show you we have these zombies these monsters and but people can just be just as ugly and disgusting as as any creature or monster yeah. we can come up with And, uh, he's, he shows that throughout this movie. Oh man, I hate him. (laughs) Um, we get the really awesome guy and his wife who's pregnant. Um, they're a really great couple. We, we get the uh, kid and the baseball team and his girlfriend. Um, we get the two elderly uh, sisters and, uh, we, we just, you know, you, you get tidbits of these people's lives, but it's just done in such a natural way that you you see these people, these innocent people, starting to get attacked by zombies, and you're just like, "Holy crap, yeah, this sucks." And then you're like, you see these zombies. These these zombies, by the way, are yeah. very vicious. They're I wouldn't say World War Z like supernatural level, but these zombies are fast. They're 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 fairly strong, and then and when they get into groups and hordes, they're just destructive. Um, and I love seeing them, uh, especially in the setting in a train in this very claustrophobic, uh, narrow setting. It was just, there's so, you yeah. can't do anything. It, 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 you know, so the spread was very <laughs> quick. You know, you get the train. That's like, bam, it's pretty much, you're either hiding and safe or you're a zombie now. And then, and now then you get the crux of the movie as is, is these people are trying to survive and, and stay safe on this train until the next stop. You know, they're trying to get to, to Busan. And from there, you get this movie of emotion and suspense. Um, I, one of my favorite scenes is uh, when we find out that the zombies don't or become oh, kind of God, docile yeah. during, uh, you know. Um, they go through the tunnel and they're just kind of standing there. Like they're, you know, taking a nap, you know, um, they can't see anything or hear anything. And so they take advantage of it, you know, so they start climbing in those luggage racks, you know, and I, I just thought that was so clever and such a cool mythos. And, and I did add to, to zombies. I, I love when people add their own flair to already built, Creatures and, and fandoms and mythos. And so I, I just really like the thing, the little things that this movie does yeah. to add to that. Um, and of course I should say a sequel yes. is coming and The trailer shows this, it, it ramping it up a whole two, three extra levels. Um, it's not on a train and you're getting these zombies who even seem more evolved and more dangerous. Super excited but i'm only excited because this movie set the tone i i i was just really strapped in from beginning to end man uh what what do you how do you feel about trying to this man? is
1: one that you know i only caught uh i actually this is one of the first movies i watched as quarantine was starting i thought you know i really want to start checking some stuff off my bucket list and this is a great time to to do that um so this one's pretty fresh in my mind and man i love this movie it's uh you know the zombie movie is not one I'm particularly fond of. I think they're all kind of the same, but this one really is a very clever take on the genre. Um, I think that just, this is, I don't want to generalize, but I just think that Korean films really get the horror genre and the zombie genre more than American, American films do. Um, uh, especially the, you know, Bong Joon-ho's films. He just, he really just gets what makes these movies work. Um, and this is a great example of that. Um, you know, this is this is a movie that premiered at a film festival. It it was one of the uh the midnight screenings at uh, at Can Cannes, Cannes Film Festival in twenty sixteen. Um such a good movie. It's so so exciting, so like I love that this is on day three for you because it really is one of those. You're just just on the edge of your seat the whole time.
0: And this is the last one. Oh, this is the I last movie. It. That's a
1: perfect way to cap off this, this best. Um People are going to leave this festival just talking about, excuse me, talking about this movie and hopefully hyped to see the sequel. Um, I, yeah, I, I love it. I, I love the cast, love the characters, um, really fleshed out characters. Um, a lot of really just surprisingly emotional scenes. Um, it, like when uh, what's I forgot her name, but when the, I think it's the, the cheerleader gets bit and uh, kills her boyfriend. Um, am I thinking about that right? Who, who gets bit?
0: yeah um oh man um i i you know i she does get bit event essentially yes i believe it's when they're moving in between different the different uh trains uh, it's because of yep. asshole CEO guy. Oh, that's right, that's right. He pushes her and, yep. to save
1: himself, and she gets bitten. Yeah, that's that's a tough scene. Yep. Um, this movie really surprises you with those kind of scenes, but it's it's just a really fun movie. Um, I'm really glad they're making a sequel, and yeah, just just a ton of fun. This is a great way to cap off the the festival.
0: Thank you, and I mean, I, I really wanted to to make sure I had a had a foreign film because I, I'm really starting to to dive in and respect yeah. foreign films and and what they have to offer because I, I, you know you really restrict yourself so much when you only go with with english speaking films and and just english mm. anything you know of to be able to open up to other cultures I, I i love and and this movie really opened my eyes to to just how amazing other other uh countries films can be like this is Probably the newest, most recent movie that I just cannot stop talking about. I will tell anyone yeah. I know to watch it, uh, and I show everybody I know about that sequel trailer. Um, so I'm a very big fan yeah. of. Train uh, of I think the sequel
1: is called Peninsula, yeah. and that that's going to be one of the ones I'm really hyped to see as soon as theaters open back up. Uh, I'll be first in line for sure. One
0: hundred percent easily man um so yeah i went with two uh, horror movies uh two sunday movies uh and so we're gonna jump back to kyle uh what day are you gonna so be i'm also f- going, going to go for with
1: three um very different vibe i'm going with the the cathartic uh movies i hope i said that right but i'm going with catharsis um these movies that just make you feel all the feels um i have uh warrior opening up this uh this day um now i'm gonna talk about the one that's going to close it. Um, this is going to book in my, and or this is going to end my entire festival. Um, so I was thinking of one that not only fit the bill for this day, but really just viewers are going to leave this movie. Just really like if anything else, this movie was w- worth, you know, going to this festival for. And, um, it's one that, uh, I've loved this franchise for a very long time. It's a fandom I've been a part of as long as I love the Harry Potter books. Um, it's i think that the the movies i don't know if this is a hot take or not but i like the movies more than the books um i think they're a great translation um i'm gonna go with the lord of the rings the return of the king
0: (laughs) thank you sir the this movie it had had to be be on one of these If i could, I would have
1: just put the whole trilogy and then that would just be a a year-long festival um (laughs) but i'm putting return of the king uh in my opinion it you know it's my favorite of the trilogy um like I said, these movies, I, I enjoy more than the books. I love the books, but I just think that they're one of the best adaptations of a book um, just because they, they cut out all the fat, even with as long as they are, they cut out a lot of the, the filler stuff and really just get to the meat of the story. Um, and Return of the King just is the absolute, this really fits the bill for the theme of catharsis. It really is just the, the culmination of this, this epic uh, trilogy. Um, it. You know, it resolves things, I think, in a really emotionally satisfying way. Um, You're really going to feel a lot of the emotions in this film. Um, You know, uh, all I have to say is I can carry you and everyone is just going to start thinking about that scene on Mount Doom. Um, uh, I think that, you know, the relationship between Sam and Frodo is just the heart of this movie. Um, But just the entire cast is wonderful. Aragorn really coming into his own and becoming king in this movie is just phenomenal um you get some incredible just battle sequences this is also kind of contrast to the rest of my films in this on this day they're really low-key movies and not a lot of action you know warrior has some fight scenes but other than that these movies are going to be more about the drama and, and about you know personal relationships and stuff like that and so with this movie it'll end off in a real energizing kind of high note um And, you know, this this is just, like I said, it's cathartic to watch this uh, movie and experience this with a lot of people. Um, I unfortunately didn't get to see any of these movies in the theater, but I'm just just imagining, you know, watching this with a big crowd of people. And this is one of those where you just everyone's cheering during a bunch of scenes. And especially when Aragorn, you know, he says for Frodo and they they charge and it's just one of those. It's a very rousing movie and it really is a very unifying movie, which, you know, I think today is a very important thing um, to be unified about something um and this movie does that uh to a t you know it's just uh it's such a fun thing to rally behind and it really you know some of these movies are going to have really sad endings i think this one just it's emotional but it's a really just very bittersweet ending you know it's sad to see frodo and gandalf go but just a really lovely cap to this this awesome trilogy um you know our, our heroes win and Um, get the ending they deserve and sam gets to settle down with his wife and his his kids and, and write his stories and um just a really truly just like very satisfying ending um i'm so impressed with the way peter jackson handled this trilogy i think that just it was an incredible feat to take on these books are very just very tough to adapt um I, you know, I wasn't as uh, pleased with the way he handled the Hobbit movies, but uh, I think that he just kind of like what you said with George Lucas with Star Wars, you know, without Peter Jackson, we don't have these movies. And so I really do respect what he did and how he how he, you know, adapted these um, this story. And so um, and I went with the, you know, Return of the King because I love Fellowship. I love Two Towers. But Return of the King is just like I said, that incredibly satisfying conclusion to uh, to the trilogy.
0: Oh, I mean, pro- possibly my favorite conclusion yeah. to a movie series. It, it it's on my list as well. Uh, okay. On my my short <laughs> on my short list. You did not steal, <laughs> the movie, sir. No, no, no. Uh, but obviously, because it it's so good, I love Lord of the Rings. I I remember seeing Fellowship of the Ring for the first time on T. Te- oh, I think we. We either rented it or we we I saw it on TNT because TNT was you know was the king of those those Lord of the Rings marathons back in the day, uh, and I just I just gravitated to it. I like I said I love fantasy and I had never heard of Lord of the Rings before, but this was something that I was like I'm jumping and I loved it. Uh, from the get go, seeing Fellowship was was a lot a game changer. You know the. The orcs and oh man, the fight oh, in yeah. the in the mines is one of my <laughs> favorite scenes. And and really and like, of course, That's I also so played good. the video games, and I love those video games. Really, some of the best movie mm-hmm. yeah. video games there were that like even now, um, I w- like if they oh, remaster yeah, sure. those, I- I'll buy them straight up. Um, but then you know, two towers. I go back and forth to whether I think that's my favorite or return of the King, but return of the King really takes it because of the catharsis that you get the, the ending, the conclusion. And to me, you bow oh, to no one God, he has almost so standing. Now, you know, when everyone bow to them, I, I did see this in theaters and I cried. I probably will still cry when I see it, watch it next time because that relationship between them and the fellowship, how Aragorn felt about them yeah, was so genuine and they went through so much. And that, that emotion was so rewarding, especially after the whole saga and the, the journey. Uh, I love this pick. I almost kind of <laughs> sad that I decided not to go with it, but I'm, glad you did um i was kind of trying to stay away from from like franchises yeah. if i if i could but that was definitely one i'm to break my right. own rule for if i decided to um what's your favorite oh, lord of the rings man. character i
1: i've probably got to go i go back and forth between aragorn and sam a lot but i think i've got to go with sam i think that he's just i mean he's such a pure example of of like goodness um if you yeah. listen to our you know our Hogwarts draft. I think that he is the truest Hufflepuff of all. You know, he he is uh, he's so loyal, and he I think he's the true hero of the yes, series. Sir. And, you know, he he does that. What I mentioned, he carries Frodo up Mount Doom. Without that, you know, they lose uh, the movie's over, and so I think that he is the MVP of the series. What about you?
0: Sam, Samwise Gamgee is is one hundred percent the MVP. uh As far as favorite characters go. I am always, I, I Sam's up there. I'm always drawn to like, to the, the reluctant hero, you know. Yeah. <laughs> of course, so Aragorn uh, really does that well for me. And I, I just for some reason I loved yeah. Legolas growing up. Like he was so ethereal, he was so different, but he was also just funny and like quirky, like. And he really just was there for his friends. Like he, he really got a really big, like affectionate uh, bonding towards Merry and Pippin. It, it felt like, and, and his his friendship with with Gimli was was lovely. But their fight in the two towers and their counting is yeah. just classic. Um, so I can't decide. I don't know. I I really go back and forth. So I, you know, I'm going to say nobody. I i'm going to it. have no answer, a no answer man problem to have. <laughs> uh, but i will i will say like you said sam is truly a hufflepuff and i was going to say mm. his parallels with ron weasley are to not be yeah. mis- you know to just be shoved away i, I really like those the, pa- the parallels Absolutely. of those two literary characters and i definitely like s- maybe slightly sure. on purpose by that- jk yeah.
1: Tolkien was an inspiration for just endless, um, stories, but for sure, Harry Potter, I think that she drew a lot of inspiration from, from him. Yes. All right. Uh, So so your next pick roll back to day two, this will finish out day two for me. Um, so just recap for day two, I have opening, I have psycho, I have heat, I have star Wars. And finally to, um, finish off uh, Saturday. My my day of films that I wish I made is a, a pretty recent one. Um, this is one that really checks off all the boxes for me um, just because, first of all, it's just a really great movie, but it, it just, the subject matter too. Um, I'm a drummer and I really love movies about just kind of obsession with your craft. And so I'm going to go with Whiplash. Um, I love this movie, man. This movie came out in, uh, 2014. It's, uh, it was made by Damien Chazelle. He went on to, you know, make La La Land and, and First Man. He's one of my favorite new filmmakers for sure. But, um, this movie, man, is just, it's so intense. It's so, um, it is one of those kind of edge of your seat movies. Uh, I like to equate it to, um, full metal jacket but with drums it's just so like because jk simmons
0: character wow that is a very unique and visual uh (laughs) yeah combo i i I really yeah
1: i think that he you know he's this movie's version of uh of arlie ermie he's just he's just an absolute monster and i love just the clash between him and and miles teller's character um you know like i said i i play drums um I have never, you know, I never really learned, uh, how to read music. I just kind of just play by ear. And just so reading, or, I mean, watching this, I really wanted to dive into just kind of learning in a more, um, uh, traditional way, but also watching this movie, I was like, wow, like I, I could easily, you know, fall into the way kind of what Miles Taylor falls into of that obsession with kind of perfecting his, his craft. Um, and so it's an incredible movie about, you know, this conflict between him and, and J.K. Simmons and J. How J.K. Simmons just pushes and pushes and pushes him to be better, um, and he he takes it because he wants to be the best. He wants to be the best drummer who ever lived, and um, it's just so intense the way J.K. S- and it's also just really like darkly funny too. Some of the insults that J.K. Simmons comes up with are just classic. I mean, they're so funny, um, but yeah, it's so intense. The obviously the the soundtrack is is amazing. If you like jazz, I mean, it's I have the soundtrack on vinyl and i just i mean play it on loop sometimes it's so chaotic and so intense but also just so like it just really just like it's very energizing um but this movie is just so i, I it's really just the definition of, of intense i saw it um right after it left theaters, it came out in 2014 I caught it like really early 2015 and just was instantly obsessed with it. I tried to get all all my friends to go see it. My brother and I, you know, we would watch it uh, all the time and just talked about it. And I just think that uh, it's really a great kind of example of that classic film trope of, of, you know, two people just clashing and really kind of butting heads, but they're both kind of pushing each other and, you know, Uh, I love that. I love it's kind of my it's Miles Teller's sort of his descent into madness and like obsession. And uh, it's got this incredible ending where we think that he's kind of gotten better and he kind of steps away from drumming for a while. And, then you know, he gets pulled back into one last concert thinking that things are kind of better. And then J.K. Simmons uh, kind of tries to fuck him over at the end. And so. It's this really kind of crushing scene. And then he kind of pulls one over on J.K. Simmons and just messes up the concert. And so it's just them going back and forth the whole time. And it's this great kind of battle. And uh, the, one of my favorite uh, shots in the movie is there's a shot at the very end of the movie of Miles Teller's dad. He's backstage and he's watching as his son is just playing his heart out. Um, and it's just zooming in on his face. And it his face just goes from pride to just like kind of like shock and like wow where does my son become you know he's just completely enveloped by this obsession and so it's just this incredible incredible uh uh movie that really delves into that and for a for a first time you know a debut film I and mean, it was chazelle's first film what an incredible way to to you know make your name known i mean he he was a true he this was nominated for a few oscars i think he was nominated for best director and rightfully so, he really kind of exploded onto the scene with this movie. And La La Land kind of carries on some of its themes just in a very different way about how you can really be obsessed with uh, with that drive to be better and how that can kind of affect your relationships. And so I think that he just nailed it with this movie. It's like I said, the soundtrack is awesome. I always listen to it and try – I. I will emphasize, try uh, to to play along with it on drums. Um, But it's just, yeah, it's a very exciting, just really intense movie.
0: I I like this pick. Like you said, you are a drummer and you've talked about this movie before with me. Uh, I had a feeling you were going to pick it. Um, And I'm really mad at myself that I still haven't seen it. I remember when this came out and I mean, I wanted to see it then. And I just... Like I said, I I'm really I've been really bad through the years of of letting movies slip through the cracks, uh, not seeing it, not being able to see it and then saying I'll see it at some point, And then just not it's just not coming around, you know, I uh, haven't gotten the chance. I don't remember seeing it on many streaming services or for or not catching it when it was. Um, but regardless, I've I've always very much wanted to see this movie. It's looked very intense and well done. I I'm a big fan of Miles Teller. I fell in love with him in yeah. Footloose, uh, the remake. Uh, right, I love the guy. And then in 21 and Over, he killed that role. He, he, he you know, he's just he, he's this really very charismatic person who who has this very this this edge to yeah. him. You know, you know, very pop like this kind of big man on campus that also kind of almost kind of like Robert Downey Jr. kind of. Oh, that's a great comparison. I don't yeah, know. For that's sure. That's um, but I love the guy. And of course, JK Simmons is a national treasure. <laughs> I love the man, anything he does. So I can't believe I haven't seen this movie um in, in knowing a little bit more about it and, and the ticks of it and like, you know, the kind of the, the, the DNA, I really want to see this. I I love movies with music as a, as a foundation and, you know, like playing like anything from Drumline to, um, rock story, mm. um, anything, you know, I, I love music and I don't know. I really, what, what would you say is the be, um, best draw to this movie? What would you say is like what you will, I will enjoy the most about it. I think that
1: more than anything, I kind of touched on this with heat. It's kind of similar in that it's just these two, very extreme characters um, that really clash. You know, Miles Teller starts out the movie as a very, you you nailed it with him. He kind of has that edge to him. So he's very ch- uh, charming and charismatic, but also can be is good at kind of playing a dick sometimes. And he kind of is that in this movie. He's like, because he only cares about being a drummer. So he's not really interested in like making friends and stuff. So he's kind of that guy. He thinks he's the best. And then he, you know, gets confronted with this, insane music teacher from hell <laughs> and so it's just if anything yeah definitely check this movie out for just the clash between the two characters for sure
0: hell yeah okay uh i cannot wait so is that uh my next pick You're- yes sir right okay so we're gonna be rolling with my next pick and let's see where i am at we are just went talked about trained busan. And so we're going to be jumping back to day two and uh day two, of course, is a Saturday movies that give me a sense of wonder. Um, when, of course, uh, we've talked about the closer movie for that, the prestige, and then we're going to be jumping to the movie that's played right before it. It's definitely, um, I'm going to say the prestige is probably the most serious of my Saturday movies. um, you know, it's, it's very intense and almost depressing in, in parts for sure. This next movie far, far away from that. Um, it's this movie. Uh, if, I don't know if you, you might see a pattern with this one in my two of my other previous ones. I love satire. I love spoofing. I love things that, that are self-aware that'll make fun of something and also, uh, respect it, you know, mm-hmm. because, you know, the best form of image, you know, I mean, the be- uh, I can't say anything properly, um, but you know, people love to impersonate things and it's, it's so flattering. And in this movie to me is a love letter to comic books, a love letter to, to video games um, to a generation of, of, of pop culture fiends. And it's a uh, Scott Pilgrim versus the world.
1: Oh, okay. This is another one that I haven't seen.
0: Okay. All right, so I it's another Michael Cera movie. Uh, he plays the the title of Scott Pilgrim, and he's this I believe twenty two year old, twenty three year old uh, kid in this band, uh, this this band Sex by Mom, and uh, there hits this punk band, and he's a narcissist douchebag. He he's this guy who who's lazy and really doesn't have anything going for him, uh, and he somehow still thinks he's like this very self-aware righteous popular kid guy you know um and so he just kind of walks around this movie with this this air of cockiness you know and it it really breeds this movie because he's dating this this uh chick this girl knives she's 17 so right off the bat we we jump into a this this the trope of the the, the rocker, the music guy dating <laughs> the underage girl, which is not a very good start. Um, so the, right away, this, this movie really is sharp and very self-aware. You know, it, it's already point pointing uh, daggers at this idea of what rock music is, what punk is, what, what the people who play instruments, what they kind of end up being. And, and especially as far as these tropes go. Um, but More so, the the main idea of this movie is he's dating Knives and he sees this girl, Ramona Flowers, and becomes smitten. He becomes obsessed with her. He ends up uh, breaking up with Knives, dating Ramona. But the trick, the the, the problem is she has seven evil exes who uh, all want to kick Scott's (laughs) ass. And uh, so they all take turns trying to kick Scott's ass. And uh, that is, is essentially the basis of this very insane movie that is uh, adapted from a comic book, of course, of the same name. Um, and it really lends itself to the style of comic books and video games. Uh, you get a lot of, of words in the air, just poof and gone. You get a lot of weird squiggles uh, to fill, fill the screen randomly around their head. Little uh, kawaii uh, smileys when people are happy, you get a lot of odd sound Mm. effects, you know, um, this movie is very quirky in that aspect. It's, it's shot in a very fun and witty style. It's directed by Edgar Wright. So, um, I, I really love this movie for him. Um, and really it's so quotable. Uh, you haven't seen it. Have you ever heard the line, uh, bread makes you fat. (laughs) I'm in lesbians with you. (laughs) um so many good quotes and i mean it, it's kind of become of a cult classic you know um and of course it, it gets some hate because like i said scott is a is not a super likable character he's he's full of himself he's he's dating an underage girl to begin with and he just jumps ship to ramona it, you know it's it's a very to me it gives me a very romeo and juliet kind of vibe you know How he just was obsessed with one person and jumps right to the next. Same, same obsession, you know? Uh, And then when we get into these evil exes, uh, we get these absurd fight scenes, man. Um, The first ex uh, attacks them and they're dancing and fighting at the same time. Essentially, this guy is singing. uh, He has this Bollywood flair to him and he's, he's, he's floating in air and dancing and while they're fighting and um and once scott beats him he this guy explodes into coins and and he even goes oh cool <laughs> coins and picks them up and it just adds to that that video game mm. flair you know uh, that this movie is to equal parts it, it has this story this very story that it's taking itself as seriously as possible you know scott's in a band he wants to date ramona and he's trying to balance the two. And then you have him fighting these evil exes in these insane death matches. Um, and you see it from, from evil X to on, um, you know, and I don't want to ruin all the fights because those are really super fun and clever. Um, but I will say like a lot of the fights do um, what they do is they have music as a weapon. And I love that as a visual, um, you'll have DJs, you have two DJs in there, they're playing music while Scott's band is playing at the same time against each other, and you have these kind of airwaves of musical energy, and they're kind of fighting each other. Excuse me, and um, one second, Kyle. Okay, and uh, so... This movie really plays a lot with like sound and music as kind of like a physical entity. I love that, and I really kind of wish I could see that in more properties. You know, I, I love that idea. Uh, music is kind of a physical manifestation that you can kind of almost fight with or almost you know hit someone with. It, it, it's, it's really silly and goofy, but it works so well in this movie um, because it never takes itself seriously. Um, does this sound like a movie you'd want to watch Oh, for sure? Uh, This is one that I've heard a lot about. I, yeah, just for some
1: reason I've never gotten around to seeing it. Um, I love Edgar Wright, man. I love, you know, hot fuzz and Shaun of the dead. Um, and also I'm a big video game fan. I hear that this really like is kind of a love letter to that as well. Um, this, yeah, this sounds really interesting. And, uh, I, this is one that I, uh, I have a lot of friends who have recommended it to me. Like they think that it, it would be right up my alley. And it's just one that's just always, I've never, never gotten around to it. So I've got to, prior to prioritize this one because it sounds just like a lot of fun.
0: It's on oh, Netflix yeah. and I highly recommend <laughs> it. <laughs> uh, just watched it like a month ago. So I didn't even have to uh, prep for this one, really. I love it. Um, I I watch this one, like, often. I really do. It gets better with each watch. Um, you you really start noticing the little subtleties, like, just all the extra, like, comic book lines and, like, sound effects. Um, and you just get a, such a bigger appreciation for it each time. Uh, I, I, you have to tell me what you think of oh, it yeah, as soon as sure. you watch it. Um, okay, so that's my first pick of this round. And then we're going to roll to my next pick and uh so where is it at we went with scott pilgrim versus the world and then we're going to be going with uh a day one pick for me uh a friday pick movies that bring me laughter and um i believe this is the the last one left of my day day one picks yes so i already have Dazed and confused and then super bad and then I have Monty Python uh, as the closer. So I'm filling this this third spot right in between Superbad and Monty Python. And I would say this movie leans more on the the uh, spectrum of the Monty Python side. Uh, very, very mm-hmm. absurd. Um, it is not a coming-of-age story. It is a very much adult baby story. Um, and by that, I mean very personable people who are man babies. They, they not very mature. They're, uh, you know, popularized by like, you know, Wayne's world, uh, Austin powers, Ace Ventura, you know, and this one has a, has a very famous one, uh, by the name of, uh, Ron Burgundy. And so, uh, I'm, I'm drafting anchorman, the legend yes. of Ron Burgundy. Um, I had to have this movie because whenever people ask me like, what's my favorite movies or like, what's my favorite comedy, this always gets thought about because I laugh and laugh and laugh. And then I'll quote the movie for the next week (laughs) nonstop because this might be the most quotable movie ever. And I'm not exaggerating. Um, (laughs) Like, I, I could just quote the movie for the next 10 minutes and that probably tell you the the movie, you know, um, if you haven't seen Anchorman, I mean, come on now. It, it's the story of Ron Burgundy played by Will Ferrell and his group of channel four news crew, champ Kine, Brian Fantana and brick Tamlin uh, played by some great people. You know, you got Paul Rudd, uh, Steve Carell and God dang it. I cannot forget. I cannot think of the name uh, who plays champ, but he's David a fantastic Cameron. actor. Yes, that is it. He's got the great line in the movie. Whammy. <laughs> um, and he, he's got a great face. He he's so fun. And uh I love this movie because it doesn't it doesn't take anything seriously. The only thing that takes itself seriously is Ron. Ron takes himself very seriously as a news anchor. And uh and so when Veronica comes in and on his territory, it, he's not having it. I, I love the chemistry between him and Veronica. Um I, I really think that's a really underrated part of Anchorman. You know, like, of course, it's always talked about the the lines, the the big old <laughs> fight scene. <laughs> and of course, I mean, i them trying to seduce her, you know, but I just really like how confident and sassy that Veronica is in this movie. She's able to hold her own. She really, you know, I would say probably my third or fourth favorite character of the movie. Uh, just, she has some really good lines. She's fun. Uh, her with Ron is, is super flirty. And, and also like when they hate each other, yeah. it's just so fun. Cause she's able to get, get the upper hand on him so much. Cause he's, he's not a very intelligent person. And Veronica is this very smart, witty person, uh, who's just ready to take over the, the news crew, you know? Um, uh, there, there's only so much I can say about this movie other than quoting it, really. I, I, I want to yeah. just keep on saying the quotes. The man <laughs> punted Baxter. <laughs> the bad oh, I love this movie. Uh, 70% of the time, it works <laughs> all the time. <laughs> like, the lines are so good, and that's probably because they improv hmm. o- over half of them. You know, this movie, uh, I believe, a Judd Apatow yeah. uh, production. And it's directed by Adam McKay, who is mm-hmm. an amazing director that, I mean, I'm pretty, he's directed uh, recently some very good dramas. I believe the, the, the big short. Yeah. The big Short. Uh, he, he, you know, he, he, he can do it all, but I mean, he started with comedy and, and this question, like arguably is his best one. It's my favorite. He, I, I love his other ones. I love Judd's other, other movies. But to me, Anchorman it hits it out of the park from beginning to end. I don't really have any parts I don't like. Anchorman 2 is a different <laughs> yeah. story. Anchorman um, is a classic. And I had to have this on my list to fill out yeah, my day I'm of kicking work. I'm
1: myself for not including it. I... I love this movie. This is probably in the conversation for favorite comedy for me that, that always fluctuates, but you're right about it being, I mean, it's arguably one of the most quotable movies of all time. I, it's just as much as I love Will Ferrell and Paul Rudd, everything Steve Carell does in this movie just makes me lose my mind. I mean, it's so funny. He really is. He's so funny, And the bloopers are even better. I mean, he just, the best blooper I've seen is when he's like eating the, um, whatever he's even garbage or whatever it is. And he just like, he's got a full mouthful of it. Mm-hmm. And then just starts like just dying laughing. It's so funny. Uh, I love this movie. It's so funny. It's very re- rewatchable too. It's just kind of like one of those comfort movies that like, you can just quote every scene and it's just like, it's going to put a smile on your face no matter what. And man, this, this first day, like is the one I want to see the most in your festival. Cause it's just so fun. Like there's, there's no movie here that won't be incredibly entertaining
0: thank you i i agree <laughs> uh, i i i love laughter and those those movies really encompass like what makes me happy and laugh you know uh super bad anchorman and monty python are probably my three favorite comedies and then dazed and confused is my favorite coming of age story it it's it's so good um so i i think that leads us to to your next uh right. two picks man yeah so i'm gonna go right? so
1: day two is is all finished up i'm gonna go and roll another one into number one um this is my my cinematic joy uh day first day in a fest um uh i'm gonna do my first film in this day uh you know, this is the one to kick it all off. So I'm I want to start strong. One that maybe people are really hyped for. They want to get there early so they can catch the first film. Um, and I'm really glad this one hasn't been picked yet. You know, a lot of these that I've picked are really iconic um, movies, and this is one that just I mean, it's one of the one of the most well-known movies of all time. Um, I'm going with Back to the Future. <laughs> great, oh, great Scott, Scott, indeed. I. God, I love this movie. It's, it's just the epitome of um, the adventure for me. I mean, it's such a fun adventure. It's, I never get tired of watching it. it um, you know, if you haven't seen this movie, you're living under a rock. This movie came out in, in 85. It's directed by, you know, Robert Zemeckis, um, directed by Robert Zemeckis that really has Spielberg's fingerprints all over it. Um, you know, it, it, it it's, it's a, a timeless kind of fun adventure about time travel and, and, just the kind of the hijinks that Marty McFly gets into in, in uh nineteen fifty five. And um I think that just you really need something in this film festival to kick kick things off um on a really just a high note. And, you know, I talk about cinematic joy, that that's this movie to a T. It's just it makes me so happy to watch. It's really one of those kind of comfort if I, I have kind of a list of movies, if I'm homesick, and this is definitely number one. Cause I can just sit back and if I want to kind of sleep through it, I can, but otherwise it's just, it's so comforting to watch. I can quote the whole, th- the whole thing. Um, I love the, the Johnny Be good scene when he's just shredding on the guitar and you know, maybe you guys aren't ready for that yet, but your kids are going to love it. Uh, I just love that scene. Um, the car chase too with Biff when Biff, Biff ends up in you know manure. I love it. I, I think that uh, it's sequels are pretty underrated too. I love, I really love two and three. Um, but I think, if you know without this one you know that doesn't work like they had to really kind of nail it with the first one and they did i mean this movie just really exploded onto the scene It's mid 80s and it's a very 80s movie and the way you know uh the jokes are delivered and and the performances are kind of over the top but in the best way possible um and i just I, christopher Lloyd is just he's perfect as doc brown um One thing I love about this movie, too, and and Bob Zemeckis is he's he's actually said on record, you know, he's uh, there was an interview a while ago about all these remakes coming out and he's like, you know, I own the rights and as long as I'm alive. I've I have signed a contract that a remake will never be made of Back to the Future. You know, we can't say what'll happen after he passes away. God, God forbid. Uh <laughs> but I'm sure it'll happen someday. And, you know, I'm not entirely opposed. I understand the, the the desire to do that, but I just think that this movie is perfect and you just can't remake it and make it better. I think that um yeah, there's there's just not much more to be said. It's just such an iconic classic movie.
0: I, I I mean, this was something that I thought about drafting. It was on my big board. Uh, I went back and forth about thinking about drafting it. Uh, it was definitely going to be on my Saturday list, but I, I, I just, you know, I, I felt like I went with, with ones I've watched more and more often. But I, I mean, I watched back to the future so much as a kid and man, it, it, it's so good. It really is. It's so fun. It really is a joyful movie. It's, it's a time travel movie, man. I, I love time travel. And this was, I think, one of my first, if not my first, like, introduction to it, you know. So, this really sets the bar and it does it so well. The the fact that when he changes stuff, it changes his future. You know, the, the, the idea of him disappearing in yeah. the picture. It's so good and how... And, like, he, I, I love, like, you know, you see the exact same areas and just com- how completely different they are. I, I thought that was done so well. I love the cast. Yeah. Christopher Lloyd is amazing. I grew up loving his movies. I mean, this, Clue, um, Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Um, I I love the guy. And he's still putting out good stuff, man. I mean... Uh, if you haven't seen 12 Monkeys, hmm. the TV show, he's in that. such a good show. Um, I love Back to the Future. I love everything about it. The music scene. Biff is one of my favorite, like, bullies, <laughs> antagonists so of any series. He really does it so well. Like, um, I think no yeah. one could have done that role but him. Kills him three role three movies in all the different roles the young biff the old biff the <laughs> younger older biff the newer <laughs> younger older biff. um i mean there's not much to say about back to the future yeah. that hasn't been said Um uh, i love that you great drafted me because i was going to be sad if yeah. neither of us did i i f- you might have so i was kind of stay I, I was trying to stay away from the bigger movies not going to not going to lie so i'm glad i made that decision yes, <laughs> so i'm not as yeah. sad as i could and be. i love that
1: too i love um, kind of the juxtaposition of our list so far because i also had that thought you know i wanted to go i wanted to kind of champion some you know i'm looking right now at my list of alternate picks and a lot of them are really obscure movies that kind of flew under the radar and that's going to be some of them but i you know i this is one that there's a lot of movies that are very hyped up. And then when you finally watch them, it's just like, did I watch the same movie? But I think this is one that like, man, my parents, it was one of their favorites. Uh, They, it was, you know, cute little story. It was their, they saw it on their first date so that's kind of a nostalgic pick for me as well but you know they it was one they wanted my brother and I to watch as soon as we were like old enough to enjoy movies and man it did not disappoint it's just such an iconic movie and also the soundtrack too I didn't want to go without mentioning that the soundtrack is so damn good it was my introduce yeah it was 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 my introduction to to Huey Lewis and the News who I've seen in concert since then and man he delivered he's still so good and I love Power of Love, and it just fits so perfectly with the vibe of this movie.
0: Yeah, mm. I, it's just the aesthetic. You know, the, the 80s aesthetic yeah. and then the 50s aesthetic. It nails them both so well. Um, and I love the whole... Like I said, the cast is great. Everything. And, and like you said, you would like the sequels. I love the sequels. Back to the Future 2, I almost might like it more, but... Like yeah. you said, we don't get them without this one, and I don't watch Back to the Future two right, unless right. I watch Back to the Future first. It, it's a sequel that just hmm. it doesn't hit the same. It's like Endgame and Infinity War. It's For almost sure. like you gotta yeah. watch they, them back they to just back.
1: work so well together, especially because Back to the Future two and three they were they released um, within a year of each other and they they were filmed back to back, and so yeah, this trilogy only works if you just kind of watch them all um, and in order but I, I I agree I do love too It went in a a much darker direction, and i I really enjoyed that. I love the kind of the alternate nineteen eighty five or uh with you know Biff as the on the nose Donald Trump reference, which i I loved i mean i didn't mind that at all. I thought it was hilarious um, but yeah I just I love these movies so much.
0: People wonder why we hate Donald Trump, and it's like <laughs> right, I mean, our exactly. movies told us to. Even going back man. to
1: Home Alone too. I mean, he was a dick to Kevin <laughs> McCallister. We should have called it.
0: Ah, <laughs> uh, yep. Uh, you don't make the Kevin. That that's the number one rule as kids yeah. of of us. You know, <laughs> don't do it. Uh, so you got back to the future. Right, so go uh, what is your next close day? out day one?
1: I'll have day one and day two under the belt. So, you know, that day one opens with back to the future. We're going to roll into the movie once. And now for my third pick right before Spider-Man. Um, I'm going to go ahead and roll with. Let me see. Right here. Um, I'm going to roll with one that is, uh, another kind of, um, I had just mentioned, you know, back to the future is, is one of those, like, it's just a very iconic movie. And I wanted to kind of balance that with the more kind of underseen gems. Um, this one is, I don't know a lot of people who have seen this movie. Um, it, it's certainly one that's very personal to me just cause it's one that my family, like it's kind of a tradition of ours to watch every year. Um, this movie is called Dan in real life. Um, came out in 2007. Uh, it stars, uh, Steve Carell, um, and Dane Cook. Um, basically it's a movie about, uh, Steve Carell is a, is a widower. He, um, he's a father of, of three girls and he, he's very close with his family. So the movie takes place over, um, like Thanksgiving week, uh, he takes his girls and goes back to his, his uh, parents' house where, you know, they have a really big family and they're all kind of staying at the house for the week. And so it's, uh, it's you know, him kind of reuniting with them. And the movie kind of kicks off uh, as he, he's in this small town where his parents live. And he goes to, you know, he's he's a columnist or a newspaper. He's a writer. And he goes to uh, um, a local bookstore to kind of, you know, stock up for the week and find some books to read. And he um, comes across this lady who is looking for suggestions on her new, on a new book to read. And they kind of hit it off and um, you know, they, they get to talking and they go to get some coffee and, you know, he asks if he can, you know, call her and uh, all of that. And basically gets back to his parents' house and uh, a few hours, like an hour or so later, Dane Cook, who plays his brother, um, he's like, Hey everyone, I want to introduce my girlfriend to you. And, lo and behold, it's the same girl from the bookstore. And so it's it's kind of this awkward kind of family movie, but also about like Steve Carell, like navigating, you know, oh man, I really fell for this girl, but she's with my brother. And so it's just kind of a strange, like really awkward, oddball comedy. Um, I have it for day one because it is, you know, I talk about cinematic joy and it's just a movie that truly does just put a smile on my face. It's got, uh, really odd kind of sense of humor that really um, I kind of connect with uh, the way the family interacts is very very uh, similar to my family. We're all just they have their inside jokes and, and they have this, this talent show where all the family members kind of do this like goofy talent. So it's very, it's a very kind of charming and just endearing movie um, and Steve Carell. It's interesting. It's, it's a very kind of goofy movie, but it's very low key. Um, emotional too you know because Steve Carell plays this widower who still as he's falling for this girl is still kind of grieving his wife and so um, it's actually one of my favorite Steve Carell performances you know I love his comedic roles he's obviously iconic in The Office and and we just mentioned Anchorman he's so funny in Anchorman and and you know the 40 year old virgin and stuff like that but um, I think this was, you know, recently we've seen him take on a lot more dramatic roles. And I think this was kind of a precursor to that, you know, this came out in 07 and this was one of the first kind of um, forays he took into a more dramatic role. It's not full dramatic. There's a lot of comedy in this movie, but he really sells kind of this guy who's, you know, he's a little older and he's, he's grieving his wife, but also, you know, he's trying to uh, connect with his daughters and he's trying to, he's, he's, he thinks he's falling in love with this other girl and, and it's him trying to traverse, traverse that as, you know, this awkward kind of in, in, in his 40s kind of guy. And um, there's a scene, you know, I don't, I don't want to spoil it for anyone who hasn't seen it. There's not a lot to spoil, but there there's a scene, you know, where the family's doing this talent show. Um, and uh, Dane Cook, uh, his brother, he's trying to sing... Um, trying to sing to his girlfriend and it's really awkward because he asked Steve Carell to play guitar for him. So he's having to like play guitar as his brother serenades to a girl he has a crush on. And just this really funny, just awkward scene. Um, but the song is uh, let my love open the door by uh, Pete Townsend. Really, really, really great song. Um, and as it ends, you know, he kind of sings this last verse and, I mean, Steve Carell just really sells it. Like he really does. He just displays this whole range of emotion. It goes. It immediately just goes from funny to like, oh man. Like it hits you really hard in the gut because he's just singing, and this last verse, he's kind of singing to this girl, but also thinking about his wife. And Steve Carell just. I think that he is a really underrated dramatic actor, and I'm I'm really glad we've seen him kind of take on these more dramatic roles recently because he really when he when he when he really commits to that kind of emotional side and dramatic role it's it's really special to see um yeah so this movie is just going to be it's my third film in, in in day one and because it ultimately it just does it really just puts a smile on my face it's a very charming movie very endearing and it's kind of like you know one of those smaller movies that not a lot of people have seen um i really encourage seeking it out i don't know if it's streaming anywhere but it's just actually i think it's on disney plus um but uh, it's just a really fun movie, and and uh, just the kind of the dynamic between him and the rest of his family is is really fun to see.
0: Okay, you know I have seen this movie around so much. I I've, I know the mm. the poster like very yeah. vividly. I've seen it everywhere. You mm-hmm. know, um, I just never have clicked it. You know, it's one of those movies I I never got interested in by the poster, or I don't know if I ever even read a little synopsis of it, I, but you describing it makes it sound very heartwarming and, and a lot of fun, awkward yeah. family, uh, drama, you know, and that's always, always good, especially when you have Steve Carell, who, so good. <laughs> who plays awkward so well. Um, I, I love the guy. Uh, I, I loved it. I personally, uh, I my favorite role of his is too. in crazy, stupid love. Um, such a good one but i mean i was just watching him yesterday in space force yeah. his new netflix uh comedy and while it's it's finding its legs uh i really am liking his take on his character in it you know um this kind of brutish uh naval officer military officer uh who's kind of loving but also not the smartest person uh, you know it, it, he's just very endearing in almost every role <laughs> Other than Michael Scott, of course. I hate The Office. Disclaimer. <laughs> just to get that out there, everybody. I hate The Office. I hate it. But moving on, I, I really want to see this movie now, you know. Um, it, it just sounds very nice and and I do like the fact that it is on your, your Friday, you know, the joy, it, it does sound like it it'll be very warming. And I, I you know, yeah, in times like sure. this we we need that um i'm not the biggest fan of dane cook but you know that was right around the time of his like peak you know so he could uh, you know it sounds like he was probably on his his a game at least
1: kind of self-aware in that aspect so he plays his his brother and you're kind of meant i mean it's it's tough because steve carell is has a crush on his girlfriend so it's kind of tough there but like you're kind of supposed to not like him so it's almost like the movie is a commentary on because you're right at that point he was kind of at the peak of his career and he was kind of known for being a dick and so it's interesting he plays he kind of plays a dick in the movie I, I love that
0: hell yeah okay so I, I like that put, pick that's definitely going on my list um, I I don't have anything else to say about it but you know as, as far as your Friday goes that back to the future Spider-Man and once once that sounds like a very <sighs> happy and enjoy that enjoy day you know just very light um but but you know (laughs) I want to go to that day I'm going to buy tickets I'm I'm, I'm gonna go to the the festival man (laughs) uh us hear. I'm going okay so um I am going to decide to roll up and finish my Last day, uh, day f- day three, Sunday. Uh, I have Inception opening it uh, with Cabin in the Woods after, and then I have Train to Busan to Busan For closing. Sure. So very intense day, you know. Uh, um, and this one um, is is maybe not as intense, but uh, if you haven't seen it, you know it it could very well be very suspenseful uh, and have you on the edge of your seat um i i definitely have this on here more so because of my fond memories of of when it had me scared to death as a kid um and and now i i much more appreciate it as as a movie feat as as what it means for its genre um and i'm talking about Ooh, the original halloween it. yes i am a huge halloween fan uh michael myers is my guy um it all started when I was watching H2O through a cracked door and also a blanket <laughs> covering half of my face because I was just very scared, but I had to see that movie. Uh, my sister and her friends was watching it and I, I wasn't allowed at, my parents were still trying to, to keep me as innocent as I could. I was like, I don't know, eight, nine. Uh, I mean, because H2O came out in 2000. Yeah. I was like nine or 10, Um but like, I, I watched it through the crack of the door and it was so suspenseful. And for H2O, I, I will always love that movie because of it. But having watched them all now, I, I really, they all hold a special place in my heart, but the original is just special. It's iconic, you know, for what it did for the the genre, you know, the slasher-fic genre. And like I was saying before, yeah. this movie wouldn't be around without Psycho. I, I definitely don't think so. But all the movies after for sure. Halloween would not be around without Halloween. Uh, Halloween gave us a, a horrifying score. I love the music. I still yeah. get creeped out when you hear that 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 piano, you know, eating piano like that it, it, it's so good um i remember watching as a kid whenever you would hear that you know you, you it would get you in the mood it it was that cue like oh crap something's about to happen and of course halloween like even in this first movie it already plays with that you know it, it plays with the musical cues like it plays the music and bam nothing happens you're you're given nothing and so it keeps you on your toes you know you don't really know where Michael is and, and what he's doing. You get a lot of camera uh, cutaways, a lot of, a lot of steals of Michael. Um, I, I love the, the visual imagery of this movie. It, it's so simple, but so uh, foreboding. Um, I, I, I love like the decision to uh, show the camera view from Michael's uh, point of view, you know, from his eyes. I believe if I remember correctly, that was one of the first times uh, a director had done that or especially in the horror genre. And, uh, it really changed the game. It made it just feel so, I don't know, so animalistic, like being able to see, like, it was almost as if you were Michael, but you were still feeling so, so anxious as, as to see what he was going to do. You know, who was he going to kill? Who are you going to kill as Michael? Um, I, it, like this movie just had me so scared as a kid it really did um I, and um i i think now as an <laughs> adult i i probably laugh more than i i jump scared at it you know um but i i still respect this movie so much because of what it did and it it really still holds up you know, it it doesn't scare me, but I can see the cues, the coming. I can see where it's supposed to make you jump. And, um, of course, I would if I hadn't seen it hundreds of times by now, you know. Um, I just now watch it to laugh at the palm trees in the background, you know. The palm trees that are in Illinois, of course. <laughs> yeah. um, I, I love Laurie Strode as a protagonist, you know. Jamie Lee Curtis, the screen queen herself so good she's very confident she's nice um she's very down to earth and normal you know she's talking to her friends she's smoking cigarettes she's not like this goody good but she's not like some just crazy uh you know reckless teen either you know she's babysitting these kids um she's just trying to do her her thing you know on Halloween and of course this crazy mass serial killer has to start stalking her um but, I mean, you know, everyone knows the story of Halloween. It's been redone three times. Uh, we have so many sequels. Um, and it's because this first movie just, just really knocked it out of the park. And I've always been connected to it because I, I, I don't know. It, it just really shook me yeah. to the core of how scary it made me as a kid. It, subsequent viewing, I, I felt I don't know. I just Became more and more attached to it. Um, there, I, I can't really say much more than that. You know, there right. isn't much more of a reason other than that's how I feel. And um, that's really how a lot of these movies are to me. You know, it's, it's not because this movie was shot with this millimeter camera and it was <laughs> directed by Nolan, even though I love, I love Nolan, but it's just about what happens and what it makes me feel. And and that's why all yeah. these movies are on here, and probably Halloween more so than any of them. Because I talk about not having it because I, you know, I don't get the same feeling from it. But that doesn't mean I don't love it just as much. So I, I had to, and that so that's going to be the, the last pick for my Sunday.
1: Like there are certain movies when you see them at a certain age, like that really stick with you. You're kind of talking about it with Halloween. Like for me, it was. I mean, I, I, can, I watch it now and I really laugh at how kind of terrible it is. But uh, for me, it was uh, the TV movie version of It, uh, you know, in 1990. Awful. But Tim oh, Curry, as so Pennywise, bad. is still the reason I'm scared of clowns. <laughs> like, so good. Um, but Halloween is a lot like that. You know, that's one uh, I saw very early in my life, too. And, yeah, it, stick, it sticks with you for sure. I mean, on subsequent viewings, you can – kinda of laugh at it, but it really still holds up. I mean it, the movie was made in or it came out in seventy eight. I mean that's ridiculous because it still it really does hold up. Um it's definitely one of my favorite horror movies. I I now all I'm hearing right now is that score. I mean that piano music is just so chilling. I love it. It's one of my favorites. Um yeah. I really I, I don't love all the sequels. I think that with a lot of horror franchises eventually the sequels just kind of go off the deep end but the the way this story is set up in this movie is just so damn good and so intense um and michael myers too i mean without him you don't have friday the 13th you know he's kind of that standard for the the silent kind of slasher killer um uh and he's you know he's known as the shape in this franchise and that's such a cool name because he's like he really is. He's just this shape. He's this force that's constantly chasing Laurie, um, and I love it. I love you know. I love um, Jamie Lee Curtis. Like you said, she's really great. Um, I also really, really dig the supporting performance um, from uh, Sam Sam Loomis. I forgot the actor, but uh, really love him, especially in the sequels. He's been. Dr. Loomis has always been one of my favorite characters. Dr. Loomis. Um, but yeah, really, really good call. John Carpenter just nailed it with this movie. He's, he's a really, really great director, but I think this is kind of um, his definitive film and, and his uh, filmography.
0: So, so bringing up Loomis real quick, I have to mention this. I've, I'm, I've been thinking, uh, I thought about this last year and uh, I might do it. Uh, go oh, to Halloween yes. as Doctor Loomis for my accent, uh, because I I'm I'm a bald guy, you know. So uh, I have a nice beard. So if I, I get me a nice coat and then just run around <laughs> and telling everyone evil is Pixar yeah, then, uh, I could. pull Dude, on I love it. A very Loomis uh, impersonation. So uh, you know i i really do love him in that movie it, it, he, he's so absurd and extreme and but like I, I i wanted to mention just how absurd some of the things in this movie is such as michael <laughs> learning how to drive in the drop of a hat the fact that he can drive just no problem you know yeah been an immense uh, award for his whole almost his whole life but he can drive no problem <laughs> but i mean you know really other than that though i mean i this movie is iconic. And like you said, what I wanted to point, you know, point out, like you said, with psycho, uh, it was, it's very almost, it's not supernatural or, mm-hmm. or anything. It's very real, you know, like that could happen. Um, and I like to think of Halloween as the bridge between, between like psycho yeah. and something like nightmare on Elm street sure. and final destination and all the the new age movies, because you have this, this, normal person but it, he's he he seems more so he is the boogeyman he's he unstoppable but at least in halloween the, this first movie if you keep it self-isolated he is just a man just this crazed man who who just has this urging to kill you know and and that's very creepy and i always found that drive to be so spooky and i i really like that as the, the reason for Michael being Michael, he just had this desire to kill just this yeah. come like this voice in his, in his mind, in the sure back so. of his head telling him to, to do these things, you know, oh. I love it. So I love it. Um, Halloween. <laughs> um, and of course, as you, as you see, I, I, I love horror movies and I, I think Halloween was the reason, you know, I, I'm pretty sure that was the first scary movie I ever saw h2o yeah and then from there i just it it snowballed man Um, uh, i love them all i have that i have cabin in the woods train of busan and uh and now halloween so but <laughs> my next pick is very different um so i have my sunday cleared and then this next pick will be my okay. third movie for saturday um so i yeah, have my movies that give me a sense of wonder you know i'm just amazed uh see these things that you can't see in real life you know and it just makes you just full of imagination you know uh, i have the the scott pilgrim versus the world and the prestige right and so this movie is going to be right before scott pilgrim and um this one is going to be mm. i really wanted to make sure i had a musical on my list because i love music right and uh so I either wanted a music like central plot or a, just a straight up musical. And uh, I had a couple of musicals on my big board uh, and I ultimately went with this one because it's, it holds up better than my other option. The other one's a little bit older and a little bit outdated while this one is still to me uh, a masterpiece. And of course I use the word masterpiece facetiously to me. To me personally, this movie Ooh, is amazing okay. and it, it is across the universe. Um, yes. So, the, the movie, which is the Jukebox musical, mm-hmm. um, uh, pretty much has all Beatles songs. Okay. So, if you are not a Beatles fan, yeah, for sure, I will say you still should watch this movie because I was not a Beatles fan when I watched this movie for the first time. And I really still am not a Beatles fan now. Um, I like the Beatles. Um, their music's good. I, I respect them. I, I know what they, they did for the scene and how popular they are. I just think (laughs) across the universe makes the music sound better. (laughs) I mean, that's just my opinion. Uh, I, I love this soundtrack. Um, each cover is done so well. I think, uh, the sounds crisp, the the singing is amazing by these actors. Um Jim Sturgis as Jude, the star, uh has such a great voice, such a great presence on stage on the screen. Um so if, if no one if you have seen the movie, uh it follows Jude, uh this guy from Liverpool hmm. uh and he wants to go find his dad overseas, right? So he travels, finds him. And in the process, just wants to kind of live life and ex- and see what America's all about, you know? Uh and he meets up he he finds some friends in the form of this guy, Max. Uh, and they become real good quick buddies. Uh and he through Max he meets Max's sister, Lucy, uh, who he becomes quite smitten with. Um and then from there they they get together, we they become friends with uh Joe and Sadie and Prudence. Um this movie is just a movie following Jude from from Liverpool all the way through the 60s and and finding love and losing love and and the journey along the way and um <clears throat> all on the backdrop of Beatles songs and it's done so brilliantly like I I was just like wow oh this song fits perfectly for this scene and this one like it like yeah. the music and the plot work so well together and I just find that like whoever came up with that is a genius. I, I, you know, I've thought about how would you do that with other people's work of music, you know, and like, is it even possible? And so the fact that they were able to blend these, these Beatles songs to to build this cohesive story is amazing to me. Um, but more than anything, I, I, I just love the music performances and then uh, just a lot of the different scenes that happen from, um, Oh crap. The scene at the end on the, on the on the rooftop, you know, that to encapsulate, you know, the Beatles, uh, their, their rooftop, uh, concert, you know, uh, to, when they go to the, to the circus and and see Prudence again, uh, Mr. Kite. And, um, I, I love the, the protest scene, even though it's, it gets real deep and serious. Um, i It's not the most profound or amazing plot or cinematography, even, but this movie for some reason, really just just hit me when I saw it for the first time, and it's never faded. it's just grown, and i, I like my my love for it just keeps going really, um, and I'm not really quite sure why um so good. i love evan rachel wood as lucy she's so good such a brilliant singer and by far i think the best actor in this movie best performance um she shows the struggle of trying to be with jude while also yeah. trying to live her own life and, and make a make a difference with the protest and stopping the war and uh while you see jude just trying to and I very much relate to this uh, with Jude as he's just trying to be an artist and, and live his own life and not get bogged down, you know, um, you know, he's trying to succeed in his whole, his, his own life and not get distracted by everything else, you know, but he has to eventually learn that everything yeah. else is going to affect him, you know, and it, it affects him very much. So, I mean, Max goes to, to war, him and Lucy break up. Um, Joe, Joe and Sadie break up. Their band breaks up. You know, we we get a lot of turmoil and and conflict in this movie. I mean, we we get the the backdrop of the Vietnam War for God's sakes. You know, um, but with that we get a lot of love and a this lot of a music. And I, uh, I, I really love this movie, man. Um,
1: on day two for you because it does it as a Beatles fan. Uh, I think that it really just encapsulates.
0: Well,
1: hold on one second. One second. No problem. Um, All right. Sorry about yeah, that. I mean, as a Beatles fan, I think that it encapsulates the best of their music. Um, and it really does just give you a sense of wonder. Um, this is a really unique movie. Uh, it nails... I have a complicated relationship with musicals. Obviously, I have one. I have once on my... Um, on day one, but I think that that's just because it's a really authentic movie, and I think that this movie is also just very authentic in its own way um The music is really incredible. a lot of these covers I do prefer to the original um i I love Jim Sturgis I think he's a really underrated actor and uh Evan Rachel Wood is also a fantastic. You get a great cameo from from bono um and I just Yeah. I I (laughs) like this movie. This movie is a lot of fun. It's one I watched a while ago, um, on Netflix and it, it has, it kind of stuck with me. It's, um, it kind of sneaks up on you as like a musical. And, and I think that the songs, like you said, are really, really well placed, like very smartly placed. Um, especially, you know, when they have all you need is love on the roof is just such a really sweet scene. Uh, i love blackbird and it's just yeah very 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 like very entertaining and just kind of it sticks with you you know
0: yes yes it does <laughs> and i'm going to watch it as soon as i can uh i have a huge man crush on jim <laughs> sturgis for some reason i don't know why just dude dude can sing, yeah. act attractive i mean come on dude uh, so, we uh, let's see if we can get these last few picks yes. out of the way in time. Uh, your last right, two picks, Kyle, so right what in. do we um, got? Uh, so, I've got day
1: two finished. I've got um, day one finished. So, I'm jumping to day three with my last two picks. Um, for this day, I already have Warrior opening up the day and Return of, Lord of the Rings Return of the King closing. So, for these last two, um, these two movies, you know, they're pretty <coughs> heavy, but... Um, I think that something that's really important with catharsis is, you know, you've got to feel that you got to feel that emotion. Um, and both of them while being very emotional and very, very sad at points are also just very uplifting and hopeful, um, when it, when all is said and done. And so for my first pick, uh, it's one that is coming right after, after warrior, um, going with one, uh, it's room, um, a movie that came out in 2015, Um, this movie stars Brie Larson pre-Captain Marvel (laughs) Um, uh, it's what won her Best Actress um, the Oscar Um, basically if you haven't seen this movie it's adapted from a book also called Room, and it's essentially the story is that um, Brie Larson plays a girl who um, she has been held in captivity for, for years she was kidnapped as a young girl and uh, while there, she um, she was raped by her captor and uh, gave birth. And so her son, Jack, has really only ever known this room that they're kept in. And so he, hence the title, you know, room is basically his whole world. And he doesn't even know that there's a world outside of it. Um, and so that's kind of just the setting of the movie. The real movie is, you know, they escape pretty early on in the movie. Um, they're able to escape from her captor. And then the movie is really just about Jack adjusting to the real world and, and his mom, um, trying to help him cope and, and trying to, you know, just give him a normal life and also her just overcoming this trauma. Um, and it's a really, just really, it's very heartbreaking at times, but it's just so the reason it's so uplifting is because it's all told from the perspective of Jack of the the little boy. And he's just, he's so good. And obviously he's got such an optimistic point of view because he has only ever known just one room. And so he's got a very healthy perspective of life. And as he's experiencing this whole new world, just being it being told from his perspective is really unique. And it just makes for just, it's a very, again, at one, at some points it's very devastating, but also very, very hopeful and and uplifting. Um, And so Jack is, is kind of the protagonist, but, uh, Brie Larson, I just cannot say enough good things. Uh, it she just she's phenomenal in this movie, um, very 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 deserving of the Best Actress Oscar that she received. Um, but yeah, just a very very heartbreaking but also very hopeful movie, and just very essential to this day of kind of catharsis, just feeling all the emotions for this movie and and experiencing all that, and ending on a very hopeful note.
0: All right. I have not uh, heard much about this movie, actually. Um, I had seen it in passing, uh, you know, or of course, you know, heard about her winning for it. But uh, I really love Brie Larson. Uh, that sounds intriguing. I really didn't know anything about the movie. Uh, so definitely more interested now than before. Um, I, you know, don't have much else to say other than, you know, that one seems... It, yes. Is it just? It seems very serious. Just very like, oh, like almost uh, like, like kind of a
1: thriller. As that, it's more. That's what I thought going in. It's n- not as much about them escaping as it is about just kind of them overcoming like the trauma and readjusting to to you know normal life.
0: Okay. I, I think I, I would like that a lot then, you know, if it focused a little bit more on, on like their, their trauma and, and how they're re- taking it. Okay. I, I like that. Thanks. Um, good pick, man. Yes. Uh, another movie on the list. <laughs> um, And so to right, cap so you off, man, take, what is your last um, this movie? This is
1: going to be uh, the second to last movie of, of the whole festival on day three. Um, this is another one that, you know, it gets really heavy, but it, Ultimately, has a very hopeful tone in the end. It's my favorite movie of 2018. It's another one I think that kind of went under the radar for a lot of people. But favorite movie of 2018, and really one of my favorite movies uh, in the past decade. Um, this is uh, if Beale Street could talk. Um, this movie is also based on a book. Um, if you haven't seen it, just a quick recap: it's basically it tells the story of um, uh, it tells the story of two. Uh, basically two lovers who um, it's Fonny and Tish are their names. Um, and it's in uh, the seventies, I believe. And basically it kind of has a nonlinear story. So it kind of jumps back and forth between past and present, but essentially Fonny, the guy has been um, wrongfully convicted of a crime and he has been uh, sent to prison. And uh, the movie jumps back and forth of, you know, the past of them meeting and falling in love And then, uh, you know, eventually um, she becomes pregnant and, uh, you know, they're expecting a child, but then he's wrongly convicted of this crime and sent to prison. And so, you know, it's about them coping with that and seeing if their love can endure that. And it's just really it's an incredibly devastating movie, like I said, about Room, because it's just so, you know, just to touch on this briefly, especially right now with everything that's going on, it's incredibly topical and relevant. You know, he's, he is a black man and he's wrongfully convicted, um, by for a crime he didn't do. He's, he's just racially profiled. And so it really touches on that, um, and on the black experience and especially in the seventies and what they're experiencing. And so, um, it's very, very emotional, but also just very uplifting because the movie really is just about the, um, their love and the way that their love endures even him being sent to prison and her having to you know carry this child by herself and the way they're supported by their family so it's 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 very sad but it's also very uplifting and has a really just wonderful uplifting um ending um, so, I just think that right now, with everything going on it's it's a very important movie to see as well. It certainly raises awareness um you know we mentioned this before we speak from a place of privilege, and we don't experience the things that are experienced in this movie um and so it's it's very eye opening um, it's It can be very frustrating at times, but it's very important to see just to understand that that is a real issue that goes on a lot more than we realize and so um i also put it here on this day because god it just really brings you through the whole just a whole roller coaster of emotions um incredibly sad but also very hopeful by the end of the movie just this idea that the their love can endure anything even him being you know sent to prison and so for that reason um it's going to cap off my uh, my fest
0: I, I like that. Uh, I, I I'm going to kind of rush through this since we are running out of time. But I, I've been meaning to watch that. I've only heard the best things about that movie. Um, I knew it was you know very relevant as far as the times go. And uh, I I try to. I'm hesitant on mm. movies like that. I'm 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 an empath, so yeah. those movies just hit me hard. But you know I it I I need to see that movie because you know, uh, with, with everything going on right now, uh, you know, it sounds very nice. Um, one second. So, um, what was, you you know, with, if Bill, if only, uh, what was your favorite Um, part of that movie? I would
1: ask. I think it's just the fact that it's just incredibly, hopeful you know it's it's very sad but it's just being really inspired by the way that they are able to weather really anything um and just the relationship that they have is very just very sweet and very heartwarming and that's kind of the heart of the movie
0: and see i really hadn't heard much about what the like anything about the movie other than it was you know it was Hmm. driven about the the politics of it you know um, what he, what he went to, to jail for and everything. So, I, I very much like that you're letting me know about the relationship because that sounds very endearing. And and I'm very more interested in watching this movie now because it, it doesn't sound just super depressing. It sounds for sure, yeah. It sounds and like it, it has some hope absolutely, to it as well.
1: Uh, absolutely robbed at the Oscars. You know, I don't put much stock in the Oscars anyway, but I think that I mean, the score, first of all, is just phenomenal. It's a really great blend of kind of jazz and this really great piano that is echoed throughout the the film, but just, they both deserve, uh, acting nominations and just, yeah, just a really, really
0: impactful film for sure. So for this last pick of this, this draft, this whole thing, um, I was, I was trying to, figure, I, I wanted to make sure I didn't leave out any movies that I would just be mad at myself for, for doing so. Mm. And, uh, and I, I hit that with all these other ones. Uh, this one I wanted to just talk to about last was because I just felt like you weren't going to say it. And I also wanted to just really harp on how much this movie just like was a part of my childhood. And I like, I remember watching this movie so many times and I really don't know why. Uh, it, you know, it, it's a fairy tale. So I, I've always loved fairy tales, I love the imagination, the fantasy. Um, I love the cast. Uh this this main actor is one of my absolute favorites. Um I love his movies. And I, I, I love this movie for so many other reasons. Uh the music's great. Uh the supporting cast is good. It it makes me happy. Um and it makes me just just wonder what could be in, in a different world, you know? Uh, and that's why this is going to be my, of course, my last blo- spot, the first movie uh, on Saturday movies that give me a sense of wonder uh, right before across the universe. Uh, it gets this day ready uh, and just puts everyone in a good mood. Um, and I'm talking about the, the 1990s movie hook.
1: Oh my goodness. I love this movie.
0: 91 specifically. Yes. Yes. Um, Robin Williams is, is amazing. I, I can't say enough about the guy uh, may he rest in peace. Um, I miss him dearly. Um, yeah. I actually had him. He was possibly going to hit my list multiple times. I had Aladdin on my board yeah i thought about jumanji because jumanji man is underrated so fun yeah but with hook i i like it because we we really get to see everything from robin you know we 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 enter the, the movie with him as this super uptight uh really just lame dad you know uh he is not peter pan he is this peter that is this corporate lawyer uh, they made him a corporate lawyer, like <laughs> uh, I'm gonna get this line in here. Um, doo-doo-doo. a corporate lawyer? I mean, when you want to paint a picture in a movie of how different someone can be from a never old, always a child and free spirit, that is Peter Pan. You make them a corporate lawyer <laughs> for sure. <laughs> Perfect opposite, you know? Um, but you know, as you, 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 I love the progression of the movie for him from that to his kids getting taken by hook to him, finding the lost boys and Rufio to him, him trying to to, to deny his truth. You know, he, he's trying to fight all this, even though he's seeing it happen. He's in this, this in Neverland for God's sakes, but he refuses to accept it. And then he, he's finally letting it, it, it ebb away and he's finally accepting it. And he becomes more childlike. He becomes more innocent, you know, um, He lets the worries roll, roll away, wash off. And uh, he starts becoming Peter Pan again. And it's so fun to watch that happen. You know, Um, Mm. it's so it makes me giddy, you know, to see Robin portray that, that, that glow up and how happy he becomes when he's able to fly. Finally, probably my favorite scene of the movie. Um, Yeah so good and there, there's some really dark sad parts of this movie you know um and i'm not going to talk about those parts because we're here about joy and, <laughs> and wonder and uh and you know i, I just want to say that as a kid this movie was super fun and as a adult it hasn't really lost any of that it is still just as fun i find myself laughing and and having a good time when, when they're having the food fight bangarang, man. Um, <laughs> so such colorful food. I, I want to eat that food. Um, and, uh, and, and just more than anything, it, it makes me miss Robin Williams more a lot. Um, yeah, but this movie reminds me of my childhood more than probably any, any other movie. Um, and, and I, I, it's just special to me. So I had to have this. And so that pretty much completes my uh, Damon's Film Journey Festival.
1: I love it. Um, Hook is great. I think Hook is a really underrated movie, both for Robin and Spielberg. A lot of people forget Spielberg directed it. And, uh, you know, definitely one of his more underrated movies. Um, you're right, though. Robin really displays kind of all of the things that make him – just so great you know he's so funny in the movie but he's also just has that gleam in his eye that just you just want to be his friend and as he slowly kind of accepts this role that he fell out of it's just so charming and uh yeah the one that the scene that really just jumped in my mind as soon as you mentioned this film was the the food fight scene i just remember like like just cackling at that as a kid um wanted to eat that food for sure but yeah just i love rufio um great rufio. great supporting cast too. oh yeah
0: really like rufio stole the movie i mean yeah he, for sure Hook um, was fun, but rufio and his hair just amazing he's so good
1: i love um maggie smith as wendy she's great um i love julia roberts as as tink and then yeah hook i mean uh who is it's dustin hoffman dustin right? hoffman yeah, so good. I love the cast in this. Just really, really fun. It's just a very fun, fun movie. And I love that. You know, this came out in 91 and Spielberg had already kind of cemented himself as like the seminal uh, adventure filmmaker with the Indiana Jones movies and um, you know, Jurassic Park would come 2 years later, but this is one that I really think just flew under a lot of people's radars and uh it's just definitely one of his more underrated movies. Um, It's definitely one, like you can show anyone, like you can show your kids this movie and they're going to have a ball with it, but it's also got a lot of nostalgia with it. And a lot of, you know, people now would love it and great message too. I mean, just the story of Peter Pan in general about never kind of losing your inner child. And this movie is just, yeah, it's probably my favorite incarnation of the, the Peter
0: Pan story. Oh, easily. Yes. I mean, and I wanted to, to mention that like it, it really, it, it, it this sh- does such a good job of showing the always a child and how, no matter how old you can be, it's always important to hold on to that, to that innocence. Yeah. You know? And I really love that message. Yeah, for sure. Um, wow. That, that was a that was a doozy, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh two podcasts, and I, I think we've got it though.
1: Um, I'm telling you guys, you get us talking about movies,
0: we just yeah. Who knows what will happen? <laughs> uh, it won't be. It'll be a while before we do another one of these whoppers of a of a pod, man. Uh, yeah, for sure. But I had so much fun. Um, you want to go ahead and run down your your uh, lineup real quick for the fans at home.
1: Yeah, so for uh, for eclectic tastes, uh, for day one we've got day one is all about cinematic joy. So we've got um, Back to the Future starting strong. Um, then we've got Once uh, Dan in real life, and we're closing it out with uh, with Spider Man. Um, and then day two, the just the films that I wish I I, I made or had a hand in making. Um, we're opening up with Psycho um, just to scare the crap out of you. <laughs> and Then we've got uh, Heat. And then Star Wars, the original Star Wars, and closing it out with Whiplash. Um, And then day three is all about catharsis, just feeling all the feels. Um, We're opening up with Warrior, uh, and then moving on to Room, If Bill Street Could Talk, and then closing out the entire festival with uh, Lord of the Rings, The Return of the King.
0: Whew, man, you have some powerful hits, man. You have some prestigious movies, and like just... Like Lord of the Rings, Return of the King, Back to the Future, and and then Spider Man and Star Wars all together. Like that's that's some some power right there, man. <laughs> I, I really like your festival, and I'm very very excited to try out some of these uh, watch some of these movies that I haven't seen yet, especially once because I had yeah. really heard of it before now.
1: Um, I really hope you like that one. That's one it, that I'm. I just I'm always preaching the gospel to people about this because it's very underseen.
0: Any genuine love stories, I, I'm I'm down for. You know. Yeah. So, um. All right. So that's eclectic taste, and then we're gonna move from the Garden of the Gods over to Red Rocks for Damon's Film Journey Festival. Um, we're on Friday. Movies that bring me laughter. Uh, we start with Dazed and Confused. Then super bad uh anchorman and then finish the day with monty python and the holy grail and then saturday movies that give me a sense of wonder uh we start with hook then we go to across the universe jump to scott pilgrim versus the world and then finish the night with the prestige and then sunday uh we have movies that have me holding my breath uh And we start the day off with another Nolan movie, Inception. Uh, Then The Cabin in the Woods. Uh, We have Halloween. And then we finish the festival off with Train to Busan.
1: What a way to finish. Imagine just finishing that movie and going home. Like, wow, what do I do now? (laughs) Not get on a
0: train. (laughs) Like, oh, man, I I just want to watch that movie again. It just, it pumps me up, man. The movie has so much energy. Um, any Any thoughts on my festival on your festival
1: uh I gotta say my, I think my favorite pick from yours is probably I just talked about Train to be Sam, but it, honestly, it might be Anchorman because that's such <laughs> a like a crowd pleaser, and I'm just imagining people you know especially because it's day one you get through days and confused and super bad, so people are already. They're you know they're high if they're doing it right and they're <laughs> and they're ready for just some, some more laughs and so Anchorman is the perfect it's perfectly placed too it's right there in in day one and and it yeah. gets you ready for that absurdity of Monty Python yes for sure for sure
0: well I thank you sir sure. uh, I, I I think I did mention it before but I, I I think I still love Psycho as my favorite pick um, because it, it's such a classic. And I, I just never even think about it until it's mentioned, um, yeah. but that coupled with your your nice big blockbusters and then your your prestigious movies, and and then you have once, um, I I don't know, it just it feels strong, it, like it, it's almost like the anchor, it, it kind of holds it to, it all together, um, like that that classic, that true masterpiece, right. that uh, you have the the blockbusters. And then the, the 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 more modern prestige films, you know, I I, I dig it. I love that. Uh, so happy you went with Return of the King, Spider-Man, and Back to the Future, because I <laughs> definitely almost did Return and Back to the Future. I really thought about uh, Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse.
1: Oh, that would have been a great call. Honestly, like that was, yeah, I went back and forth between that and Spider-Man a lot.
0: Yeah, so I I really like both of our film festivals, and I'm pretty much going to be watching half of the years once I find out where these movies are. You know, gotta gotta love the streaming app uh, age of of hopping around. Yeah, Um, this was really fun, man. I I really had a good time talking about these movies, uh, learning some stuff, and just just recollecting, man. Yeah. Um, very different too very
1: different festivals i love that we actually this is the first time we did not steal any from each other
0: nothing not one i love it <laughs> and guys if you're just waiting for us to to argue it may not ever happen i don't know we'll, right, we'll, we'll, we'll see for next episode maybe if we bring <laughs> olivia back on and she starts hating on dobby again well yeah. <laughs> how
2: dare you <laughs> olivia
0: <laughs> uh, uh, but uh, before we go, guys, once again, we'd like to thank y'all for listening. Uh, if you have any feedback, get back to us at planetfantasypodcast@gmail.com at gmail.com. Um, we would love to hear from you. We love seeing all the new listeners. Uh, it's very small right now, but we just, we're just having a lot of fun. Oh yeah. Um, so uh, Kyle, have anything uh,
1: last to add? I don't think so. Just I can't wait to, to hear this back and hear what people think
0: me either um let us know whose uh festival lineup you like more and why it's mine <laughs> uh no all right guys i uh, hope y'all have a good one and uh, until then see y'all catch you later